Thank you for joining us for another episode of CryptoCurrent. Just one quick reminder. CryptoCurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the CryptoCurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrency production is exclusively for informational purposes. Cryptocurrent crew for Cryptocurrent. I'm Stephen Miller, and you're watching the Aftershock, our weekly news show where we connect you to the world of Web3 and everything going on in it. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Richard Carthon. Richard, welcome. What's up? What's good? So, on a personal note, I'm excited. It is my first Aftershock being full-time crypto. So excited for that. Uh, happy to be out here. Welcome everybody. I have arrived. Uh, but on an unrelated note, of course, as soon as I step out and to see the Sun and its all of its glory start to shine upon me. The crypto markets just fall off the face of the earth. So you know it's only fitting, right? You know it's it's only fitting the timing, right? So uh, we're we're gonna unpack a lot of that today. But uh, as far as the markets go right now, they uh, they they don't look great. They they do not look great. But you know I personally am doing okay. I gotta tell you, man, you stepped out in the sunshine right in time for scorched earth. That's the <laughs> way it looks. <laughs> It is too funny. Um, so let's go ahead and just, I, I guess, dive into that first. This is breaking news. Breaking news. As some of you may have caught on to, we actually record these episodes a little in advance. And today is Monday, May 9th, uh, where we have just seen a trillion, sorry, a billion dollars in liquidations. It would be a lot worse if it was a trillion dollars. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we, we've officially hit a bil- the billion dollar mark in a single day of liquidations. Um, this is what happens when you decide to leverage your longs and you lose out. So yep. what you, mistakes. Let's, um, let's leave that piece of breaking news there and just give me your thoughts real quick on like what the current condition is, the market. Like, What do you feel about it? Are we actually in a bear market right now? Uh, what's your take? Initial take is I think we're a week away from truly being in a bear market. Uh, I think it's just a little too soon to fully call it being a bear market. Um, the test for me is if Bitcoin can hold above this thirty thousand mark and then try to retest back up higher to thirty seven thousand, then we're still kind of just in this like flat line sideways movement, uh, but just in a lower section of it. If however, if it breaks thirty and tests, you know. Right around uh, twenty-eight thousand. That's when we start seeing things start to to get ugly pretty quickly. That's when we start to see it retest twenty-four, then retest twenty-one, and etc. I don't. I don't think it's going to go that low. Uh, but all that to say, I don't know. I can't. I can't say that we're in a bear market just yet. I think we're approaching it. We are. We are very close. We're on the precipice of a true bear market. And uh, six months of uh, from all-time highs, we've been regressing for the last consistent six months. Of course, we have all the things that are happening in regular market fundamentals. Uh, but I think 
for people who are in the crypto space and who have been investing and hopefully didn't buy the tops of everything and hopefully you've been dollar cost averaging. And if you're playing the long game, it doesn't really matter because huddle. But if you're new into this space, DCA is your best friend and it's not a bad time to be observing to get into the crypto markets. So for our new friends, what does DCA mean? Can you explain that? Absolutely. Dollar cost averaging. So that means that you are consistently buying um, at a certain threshold um, over time. So for example, let's say that I am personally comfortable with investing um, $100 into uh, Bitcoin. So instead of paying $100 today, I'm going to do $10, uh, let's say, weekly for the next 10 weeks. Or you know, I'm going to do $200... Uh, for the next five weeks, whatever it is, you dollar cost average in for the amount that you want so that whether the pr- uh, price is going up or down, your average amount of, of your uh, cost basis is hopefully at a lower place than if you just put it all in at once. Yeah. So it is a really great method for buying into the market. I think if I was thinking about it critically as an investor right now, I would be looking for a number of like 28.5 if we break below 28.5, support's gone. We're in a bear market, period. Um, And I don't... I agree with you. I don't think that we're going to go too terribly low. And I think the biggest reason why I'm a believer in that theory is we did not have a blow-off top. Steve, can you please explain what the blow-off top is? So if you look at the charts for the last few um, bull markets within crypto, whether you're looking at Bitcoin or just the broader market... There's always a peak. There's always this parabolic moment where it just absolutely goes vertical and then it crashes. In this case, we did not have that. We had two moments of almost like rolling hills. So I have a theory that we're not going to see a steep fall off. I think what we're actually dealing with right now is a lot more to do with the macro situation globally. You know, we have. Tremendous supply chain issues that are still completely unresolved. We have a war going on in Eastern Europe. And frankly, we have a lot of BS numbers being thrown at us back here at home, domestically speaking. Um, and when I say BS numbers, I'm really referring to inflation and the job stats. Um, I just don't believe them. I don't. So it all kind of adds up to a very negative situation. I would be looking right now for the number of 24.5 after you're done um, breaking through 28.5 and then 21 as an absolute bottom. I, I can't believe in a Bitcoin that drops below 20 because Michael Saylor will buy all of it. Pretty plain and simple. There are big institutional players in this game now and they're going to play hardball. The second yeah. that it goes below their cost basis originally... They're going to scoop as much as they can and they'll buy it all OTC. So I'd be thinking about it that way. But I even think- to that note, real quick, sorry, just to add to that, like uh, I just saw a tweet where El Salvador uh, just bought the dip. They bought it, I think, like close to like $30,000 and they bought a whole bunch of Bitcoin. So, like, not only do you have easy institutions, you have countries whose legal tenders Bitcoin who's buying the dip right now. So, like, as it, as it potentially tests lower, yes, institutional money is about to flood it and buy it, scoop it all up. If, if the retailers won't. I was going to say, and don't think that that's not what they want. Okay, they've been waiting for the better part of two years to find an entry point, And now they're getting their moment. 
So don't buy into it. Don't be their exit liquidity down the line, but be smart. I would say if you're looking at the NFT market, it's very clearly not operating the same way as the rest of the market. Okay. Like that is abundantly clear to me at this point. We are seeing it operate completely independent. It'll do what it'll do. But right now, I think it's starting to slow down. It's going back into one of these periods of contraction where we're going to see you know, some money flow into the larger generative art plays like art blocks. Um, but for now, PFPs are probably going to slow down. Art's going to slow down. Land is most certainly going to slow down. Time will tell what the rest of it. But for those of you that are new to this show, we appreciate you being here. Thank you for coming by. Um, while we are currently sad about the market being down, not necessarily depressed about it yet, please do us a big favor. We could use a lift in spirits. So do us a solid and make sure you like the video over on YouTube if you're joining us on YouTube or leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. Otherwise, we're going to jump into the rest of the show the way that we always do because frankly, it doesn't matter what the numbers look like. It doesn't matter if number doesn't go up. If the number goes down, we're still here to report on the news. And that's what we do here every single Wednesday on the Aftershock. So this is the Aftershock. So we call it the Aftershock because we are always giving you a retrospective on last week's news. And we start out always with Web3 lightning round where we take you through bigger stories across Web3. In Web3 this week, we had one big story at the top of the show, and that is Algorand one of the bigger competitors to Ethereum, they officially scored a partnership with FIFA. I love the play on words, but I think this is a really big deal for a project that does not get a ton of marketing play. Do you have any read on this one? Um, it's it, it's great. Algorand, although they haven't been getting a whole lot of price action, they're, they're, they're doing a lot of good partnerships and getting a lot of new talent to build on top of their platform. They're giving out grants. So they're basically encouraging people to come into their ecosystem, giving them some money so they can start an initial... Um, whether they're building a project field, etc. They're, they're sending out the money so more people are, more things are happening in their ecosystem. So I think Algorand is one of those alts to keep an eye on. Hot take. I think Algorand becomes a top 5 ecosystem before the top of the next bull cycle. So Algorand, one to watch. Next, we have a story from the good folks over at Ledger, our preferred security device in the crypto world. And that is that they have officially partnered with Alchemy Network. Now, Alchemy Network has a number of different products, but the biggest has to do with crypto lending. The reason this is significant is they've officially beaten Compound and Aave to partner with Ledger. So you're able to now, with your Ledger device, officially start um, earning APY on your crypto assets that are staked on the device. So pretty interesting piece of news there. Next piece was a bit that was broken at the end of last week where it was officially released who had backed Elon's acquisition of Twitter. And that was, of course, one of the big players was Binance with a $500 million um, support from VC Capital. What do you think of this? Man, um, well, who's Binance owned by? Um, and it is uh, based in the Asian markets. And if you look at 
Twitter, who is now, as far as Western civilization concerned, the voice of freedom of speech, etc. Uh, man, I don't know how I really feel about this one. I won't lie to you. I'm, I'm not a big fan of this one. I think that this is just another reason why um, the cult of Elon rolls on. So we're going to have to continue to watch this one and how it develops. But I think it's interesting that Binance wants a hand in the game. Granted, they also had a hand in the Forbes acquisition earlier in the, I'm sorry, later in the year, last year, at the end of 2021. So clearly Binance is trying to spread their influence. Next piece of news comes from the US Treasury Department. Um, we officially have the first instance of a mixing service being sanctioned by the US Treasury Department. This was only a matter of time, folks, because mixing services are very clearly here for money laundering. Um, that's just their nature. There is very much so no other reason for them. So um, this was coming. It was just a matter of time. Next piece. We actually talked about this on our Monday show. If you had paid attention to our interview this week, we got the chance to break down a little bit of a refresher on our predictions for the year of 2022. And we also got into updating our outlooks. One of the outlooks that I did not update because I already knew that I was right was this. And that's that basically DAOs are going to become the new VCs. So there was a big article pushed out. I want to say it was middle last week where they're starting to talk about the impact of DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations. And they're very quickly becoming a big player within investments and like taking form around the old form of an investment club. The reason I think this is really significant is because you can look at players like Flamingo DAO that have a billion dollars in assets under management. And that billion dollars competes with some of the top investment clubs and VC firms out there today. I think that they're going to continue to bundle a lot of power within DAOs individually. But the reason that this article is important and they're talking about the unbundling of VCs is because VCs are technically allowed to invest and diversify across different DAOs. So we're going to start to see this happen, I think, a lot more throughout the next year. But it could also slow down because of the economic significance going on in the macro. Richard, do you have any opinion on what's going on right now with DAOs and VCs and investment clubs? So I still think there's a strong play for DAOs. Um, I mean, the LLCs. Um, I mean, when you look at a lot of venture capital, how they're set up, a lot of them are set up as um, an LLC that is really an LLP. Um, legal jargon, whole point being that uh, DAOs are become the new uh, legal entities of the world. And when you look at these venture capitalists, especially how DAOs are set up, there might there's typically these hoops that you have to jump through as a VC to you know be uh, SEC compliant and all this other kind of stuff to make sure that uh, it doesn't come knocking on your door. And there's some ways within DAOs, they're being set up to where they're not have to worry about that. And that's very attractive uh, to uh, not just people in the States, but everywhere. So all that to say, um, I think that we are, are going to see more of a shift for venture capital to use DAOs as the, as the instrument to be able to invest in these things. But it's also, an, uh, you're allowing almost your everyday real investor to now to be, become a, a venture capitalist and invest in these 
early projects without having all of the um, things in place to categorize them as a person that can make those kinds of decisions. So I see it as both good and bad. Uh, it's going to make the people who are in certain DAOs have to be very careful uh, with who they're working with and, and, you know, are they doxxed? Are they undoxed? What's their background? Can you really trust what they're investing in? Whereas opposed to like, you know, VCs, usually they're docs, usually they have to do all this complex to make sure that they're who they say they are and they have backgrounds that prove that they're probably going to take care of the money invested, but hey, it's the Wild West out here. So we'll see. Yeah, it's definitely the Wild West still. I think we've got a lot of time for this to develop and we're going to continue to keep our finger on the pulse for you. So don't worry about that. Our next story in the Web3 Lightning Round comes out of Argentina, whose central bank has officially banned crypto trading. This is going to become a much more common narrative now that we're into a negative news cycle when it comes to investments. Okay, The IMF absolutely does not want crypto to succeed. They've made that perfectly clear. So they're going to continue to pressure countries to move against crypto. A lot of people are speculating in the background that the IMF had a huge hand in this one. So I would not be too terribly surprised if we start hearing more statements from the IMF encouraging other countries to follow Argentina's strong lead. And when you start to see that, you'll start to see through the bullshit. Next story, bankless. This is a much bigger problem here on YouTube than you would imagine. Bankless Podcast has its YouTube channel, um, which you can, of course, go check out once this video is over if you're watching it on YouTube. Don't go now. They have their show. And all of a sudden, without warning or, co or cause of action, it got terminated. YouTube basically said no more Bankless over the weekend and cut the channel. They had over 150,000 subscribers. They were getting millions of views. But because YouTube's algorithm did not like them and saw them as promoting um, cryptocurrencies and they're not apparently a fan of that, like a lot of accounts get shadow banned just for being a crypto account, it was done. But their massive community turned out in force and was able to get YouTube's attention over the weekend and it was fortunately restored by Monday. Richard, the reason I'm bringing this up and why this makes it into the Web3 lightning round is I think it's something that people need to be aware of. Their services and social media are actively censoring people. People that are not promoting you know, crime, people that are not promoting bad values or anything insane, or violence, nothing like that. This is talking about and educating around cryptocurrencies, blockchain, and Web3. What do you think we need to be doing as a community to be working against this narrative of crypto is bad and allowing different companies like YouTube and Twitter to censor just the every man. What do you think? There's just has to be protocols in place of like at least giving warnings, explaining like, hey, this material may be seen or like giving like a warning at the bottom. You know, like when people used to say anything COVID related, like Instagram made like a disclaimer at any point, like with the CDC on blah, 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 or whatever, like at least start putting some things in place like that to where like if, if your concern is an institution as YouTube is a platform to, to you know, let information flow, 
if the concern is that, that hey, what if someone is trying to scam me? What if they're trying to uh, they're trying to help promote something to have go up and then people drug pulled, etc. Then put a disclaimer on there, like you know, there's things you can do, but it's just completely moving people's content. Like there's a lot of really good education, really good info that people can take away and utilize for their own research and for making their own decisions. But information intrinsically be there does not inherently make it bad or that you should like delete an entire channel. Like that that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, this is one of the things that I hate most about the content world. A platform like YouTube, it makes billions of dollars with a B off of their content creators who put out content and play into the algorithm on a regular basis have full rights to pull the rug once they've already made the money off of their accounts. And it completely takes the income stream away from the creator. It's entirely unfair. And I expect that once decentralized content starts becoming a bigger play and a bigger um, field within Web3, we're going to see a massive shift away from Web2 social and content platforms, provided that those Web2 platforms just continue to do things the way they've been doing it. If they take action and we can advocate against it, there's a chance that more of these Web2 platforms may still be able to stick around. But time will tell on that one, depending on how they decide to modify their practices. Now let's move into last week in the metaverse, where we talk a little bit more about metaverse-related activities and NFTs. Big story at the top here is the Vatican. Yes, the Vatican. Like where the guy with the big white hat lives. Officially plans to democratize its art with an NFT gallery. Richard, I know that you like the guy in the big white hat. What do you think of the story? <laughs> oh, I, I was so shocked when this came out. And it's, it's especially the angle that they're trying to play on this. Uh, really interesting article, um, like kind of breaking all of this down. And if you have the Vatican, the top of the Catholic Church, looking into NFTs, that just shows, like, for me, fundamentally, crypto is as bullish as it's ever been. The fundamentals out there, the Vatican is getting in NFTs. Like, bro, what? Yeah. The market I, is what it is because of everything. I, and I understand that, but like, crypto's here to stay. We're in a blip in a, a on the spec time of the history of crypto. And it's, Stuff like this that like it is like how do you, how do you get information like this and be like oh yeah crypto the fat yeah before we get into the um, the weeds of this and start discussing whether um, whether or not faith is centralized or decentralized let's move this ball <laughs> forward so our next story in last week in the metaverse is actually a pretty significant one uh, Mark Zuckerberg's Meta Child Instagram has officially announced that they are supporting sharing Ethereum, Polygon, Solana, and Flow NFTs starting Monday. So this is a massive, massive adoption piece for NFTs in the world of social media. Of course, you can currently play with your Ethereum NFTs over on Twitter. This is a big move, basically saying like, we're going to get the one up on you. So four blockchains okay, immediately. Okay. I got a question for you. Yeah. That's big news. Is Instagram slash 
slash face slash meta trying to wallet play. Man, I know why you're putting this up and I know why you're teaming me up for this one because they got into so much trouble when they first announced the Novi wallet. And I don't think they are. I think this is just them trying to first enable their users to use the properties that they already hold. Because I think they're going to try to get you to integrate, like just connect your wallet to the platform. But they're going to do that so that then they can build their creator marketplace and you can immediately start transacting with it. I think that's the play. I don't think it's going to be their own wallet. I think they're going to build integrations. I, I see that. The reason why I still think it's going to be their own wallet is because when you have... Who, who, okay, for, for Instagram, yes, the, the audience is a little bit younger, but for the bulk of Meta's uh, audience, Facebook, that is your, your, your boomers. And like, they are not going to want to do a lot of the hurdles of, of figuring all this stuff out and connect to these external walls. They're going to be like, just do it for them. And, and like, eventually, when the people speak louder, they're going to be like, oh, well, we have this wallet here. It, it's, it's just a matter of time. I'm just I'm calling this now. Everybody, ready here first? Minister, to make a play in the wallet space. I hate saying time will tell because I feel like I say it on a lot of these segments. But the truth of the matter is, when we look at what they're doing, they're moving very slow and putting out crap that's been there for a while. Okay, this is the yeah. first time that anybody is integrated multiple chains up front. Okay. Like I don't believe I've seen anybody integrate with Flow. Okay. Like that's actually no. pretty big. But the reason why I'm kind of hung up on it, and I don't think that you're going to see a wallet play out of them, is just because their current metaverse is them playing chess. We've been able to do virtual 3D chess since AOL. They're, they're moving too slow. And I think that if they continue at this pace, you're going to see more decentralized platforms come out and ultimately Meta is going to fail. Do I think that they're going to retain the boomers? I absolutely do. Do I think that the boomers are going to officially be using Zuckbucks? I do. But I don't necessarily think that it's going to be for what you think it's going to be. So we will see how that one shapes up. Coinbase, you may have heard of it. A lot of people talk about it. We told you a couple of weeks ago that Coinbase NFT had officially launched their beta. Well, this week, we've gotten word that they are officially opening the beta. So you no longer have to have an invite off the wait list. You can officially go up to Coinbase. I'm sorry, nft.coinbase.com. And you can pick out your own username. So Richard can officially go up and pick out at Richard Carthon or at Richard if he's so lucky, like so lucky. I don't think you were, right? I wish. Yeah, so you got like Richard Carthon. Cool. Yeah. Richard Carthon 69420 or something like that. Something like that. Cool. Well, we'll Actually, figure out your... Don't, don't, don't check real quick. We're recording online. What are you doing? Hey, man. And then like a real thing. Well, you can find me... <laughs> through nft.coinbase.com backslash Stephen Miller if you'd like to see what's going on in my portfolio. Anyway, Kraken NFT is also on the way. They officially have launched a waitlist for their beta. And we're going to move on before Richard can pitch his handle. 
Okay, don't worry, it'll come at a different time. But in the next news, Starbucks is going to add NFTs to its loyalty program. Yes, for all you people out there who are on the Starbucks train and pick up all Starbucks things, use their app to order ahead, pick up all the things. Not going to start getting NFTs now. Could you imagine if Starbucks decided to say, "Hey, we're going to sell these, you know, ten thousand group of NFTs. If you own one, you get one free Starbucks cup of coffee every day." Could you imagine, bro, how much that would sell for? Like, people would gladly spend as much money as it took to get something like that. Look, I'm sure they'd spend the money, but. I'm already kind of planning out in my head the sarcastic counter campaign that I'm going to run and make a crap load of money on. I'm just going to start releasing NFTs of like cups of dirt. <laughs> cups of dirt. Yes. I, dude, I, I hate their coffee. I think it's absolutely terrible. But I'm not going to, I guess, rail against it too hard. If you like Starbucks, you can officially get an NFT and maybe get coffee for life. Who knows? Um, this piece of news that's next, we actually got to break last week. Um, we were very fortunate to have Avery Akineni on the show on Friday. Um, she is the president of Vayner NFT. And they last week announced that there's officially a partnership between VFriends and Johnny Walker. Now, they were able to make that announcement not because they're directly associated with VFriends. VFriends is a separate organization. It has its own independent CEO and president. But Johnny Walker is who they were working with on handling the brand integration. So pretty interesting piece of news there. Really, really great news for gift goat holders. If you own one of these VFriends gift goats, you are currently sitting on 40 ETH in value, but you're also sitting on a really, really dope piece of art from motion graphic artist DK Motion. If you want to learn more about what happened with that partnership, please check out that interview from Friday. Absolutely. Richard, why don't you at least start this one off? Because I think it's crazy. So Cosmo de Medici, a private report from the Fine Art Group that featured 20 plus pages on NFTs. So Stephen, why is this extraordinary news for the people? So this is extraordinary news because the Fine Art Group is one of those big art collection agencies that only issues this report to like private family offices, major galleries, huge, huge, huge wealth investors. I mean, like the big dogs. And within this report, 74-page report, 20 pages of it, 20 pages were on NFTs. That's absolutely insane because the traditional art world has moved at the speed of snail forever. And we're officially seeing them almost definitely taking NFTs seriously. Now, at the end of this report, they actually had five big predictions among a list of 10 that were all about the art space in the year ahead. And five of them all had to do with NFTs. So it's really interesting to me that this was the case. But I'm curious to see how their predictions play out. Um, do you have any take on this at large? Or do you think it's just something that people need to keep an eye on and just go read the full report? This is like to bring it back to like the real markets. If Warren Buffett, he has his yearly um, event party where he comes and talks about the state of the market 
etc. All the big ones come together and he like shares his massive report. Uh, this was something similar if, if in that report he said crypto is the greatest thing ever. And here are the pages on all these different things of why it's the greatest thing ever. So just know that this is big news that we're probably going to start seeing a lot more um, well-known artists enter the space and people start to make moves a lot faster. So the NFT market is already a, a pretty big place. It's going to get a lot bigger. I think you start seeing a lot more money flow into it. So I think that's you know just a good side on that. So thanks for providing alpha on that. Definitely a big, interesting piece of news. Now for our final story in last week in the metaverse, this was a really interesting get. So the ex-president of Billboard, like from the music industry, is now officially the CEO of Doodles. And Doodles is a very decentralized project. They made a very big point as they came out to continue to play against the grain. And they're known for their really fun, you know, comical style. They're bringing in a massive hitter here to be the new CEO of the project. Now, with this news, they also broke that May 12th, Doodles holders can expect a free duplicator claim um, that if you hold one, you can get it, you can go claim one of these duplicators. And if you're joining us on YouTube, Richard, can you characterize this duplicator for us? Yeah. You're looking at a cylinder with a circle in the middle and a cool background. That's bad. As far as airdrops and free claims are concerned, I'm bored. <laughs> Like there's so many better iterations out there that are playful, that seem like they actually had time going into them. Nobody really knows what the purpose of a duplicator is at this point, but they've got tips like that it's probably going to clone their doodle in some way. I just, I think that they could have been more creative with it. Like I look at the doodles project and like I think the art style is really creative. They could have played with that a whole lot more. And instead we're doing this. I imagine because it's like in a cylinder, so it's like at the same like era, and it's just a little speck in there. Maybe they're like trying to go like to do a quick Pokemon reference, ditto, uh, to like transform itself into a duplicate of a doodle, like, like you said. But yeah, just like as like a placeholder, can't, can't say it's extremely creative. Yeah. Th- so one of the things I was thinking about back when it originally happened. Um, and we covered this, I, I want to say, a month or two ago. It was this project that came out called Squiggles. And the entire premise was literally just a ripoff of Doodles. And they were pitching doing 3D renders of Doodles. That's exactly what I, what I would have done. I would have done, like, let the little mutation device not be a duplicator. Let it be just like, I don't know, a pop-out machine or something like that that makes your 2D image 3D. That could have been a lot of fun. But unfortunately, that entire idea got muddied because Squiggles turned out to be a rug pull. So it just goes to show like the way that rug pulls can have greater effect across the space. But I'm sure that Doodles will pull something cool out of this, just like they pulled something cool out of the original project. So time will tell. I really like Doodles. I like please don't get me wrong. If you're you at home or you know, a big doodles holder and you love the project, don't at me. I I really do love the project. I just think that this little 
supposedly transparent glass cylinder with a dot in it is just it's peanuts. Please, as even his, his handle literally, literally on his. If you're watching us on YouTube, it's there. So yeah, let, let at, me help at you Steven. Out. At Steve Miller <laughs> on Twitter. That actually is going to wrap up our show this week. Um, so as we were just saying, please don't at me on on Twitter. Instead, follow me on Twitter. And if you are if you're currently following at Richard Carthon on Twitter, unfollow because he's being a jerk today. <laughs> oh. I'm just kidding. Make sure you're following both of us on Twitter, on socials, wherever you are in the world. Also make sure you're following Cryptocurrent on socials. We have a ton of content that we put out throughout the week. We have new interviews that go out Monday and Friday. We have new editorial posts that go out three times a week, um, kind of at random right now because our editor-in-chief unfortunately has COVID. And we also have brand new Crypto Decrypted segments where we get to teach you in little blurbs about what's going on, what you need to know behind the scenes, technically speaking, within the world of crypto. But Richard, tell me a little bit about what we had on deck this week for our interviews on Monday and Friday. Absolutely. So, uh, as Stephen said last Friday, he did an amazing interview uh, with one of the leads of Banner Media. Um, sorry, not Banner Media, the NFT. Um, and it was a really cool conversation because not only were conversations around alpha, what to expect in the future of NFTs, but then also looking at how for a new person, why you want to be entering this space. And if you're a brand, why you want to participate, really good ins um, on all the all the ways that you can involve. So again, that's uh, Avery. And she did a really cool job. And, you know, Stephen did an all right job. I mean, you know, it was probably one of his best interviews in life. But, but, you know, it was awesome. Check it out. Please go check it out. It was a really good interview, for real. Um, and one day, uh, Stephen and I gave a special report on our calls from Late in December of 2021, and how some have panned out, some not so much, and what we're expecting as we now are five months in, what we think will happen by the end of the year. So, if you're curious, go and check that out as well. And just to, I guess, lead you into the rest of the week, this upcoming Friday, we are going to be sharing a little behind the scenes look at what we do every Thursday, which is our non fungible Thursdays Twitter space our live conversation with the community on what's going on within NFTs and a little bit of a look back at what's going on in the news. So please be looking forward to that. But definitely, if you could do me a solid, go show that um, video where we had Avery Akneni on the show some love. Feel free to reshare it. Honestly, it was probably one of my most humbling interviews ever. I really look up to um, Avery personally. Um, she's a massive voice in the NFT space and she is insanely smart. Um, you know, her work absolutely speaks for itself. They're doing amazing things over at Vayner NFT. So please do me a favor, check that out if you could. Otherwise, Richard, are there any final notes that you'd like to leave the audience with this week before we sign this one off? As it relates to the market, if you're in it for the long haul, just know that this is a blip. We'll get past it. You'll get past it. A DCA, dollar cost averaging, is a good friend of yours. If not, make it a good friend. And yeah, there's a lot of upside in the market, even though things look bleak, even though you, uh, your portfolio might be being a little bit, everything's going to mostly going to turn out, I think, okay, okay in the longer run. So, and, you know, 
don't get so down on marketing business, even though it's very easy to do so. It's not all doom and gloom. And yes, your greed index might be 11. Trust me, it could be worse. It could go down to five. So we're not quite at the worst yet. <laughs> Way to leave them with hope. <laughs> Man, you, like, you started out so good too. And then it's just like, and take a bat to your portfolio. There's, it's never over. It can always get worse. It can always get worse. <laughs> so true though. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this one. Um, to anybody who's a mother out there that has celebrated Mother's Day, we'd like to wish you a very happy post-Mother's Day from the crew here at CryptoCurrent. Um, we appreciate you just as your kids should. And of course, we appreciate every single listener and viewer that we have in our audience Make sure you're following the show. Make you like. Make sure you like this video if you did enjoy it over on YouTube, or leave us a comment or a review wherever you are listening right now. We would greatly appreciate the feedback. But until next time, do us a solid. Stay cryptocurrent. Bye.